So I, I want you to know that. There are over one million known recorded songs that the main obvious and clear focus is on love. I did a little research on this a few years back, and it wasn't that many. Uh, but today, there's over a million songs that have been recorded. So that would mean they would have to be in some type of modern society. Uh, so who knows how many, probably that plus that are out there that have never made it on to a, an 8-track or a 33 or a cassette or a, uh, yeah, now there's stuff I don't even know about. Somebody said something about Spotify the other day. I said, boy, y'all don't even know the struggles. And uh, so, uh, anyway, that's a whole other deal. But right now in the top 40, or at the end of the last year, top 40 songs out there, period, covering all genres of music, 24 of 40 are about love. Popular subject. And over 60% of all songs played on American radio today are about love. I don't mean today as in today. I mean as in all the time. Today probably be a lot higher than that, but over 60%. So it's, a, it's an important subject. It's an important subject. Love, I, I know it was said, and, and since they said it made it popular, but we were saying it a, a long time before Michael Bolton or whoever said it. Love is a wonderful thing, but it didn't start with no Valentine. And it didn't start with some saint or some somebody somewhere. It started way before that. And that's real love. So much that a man would lay down his life for his friends. What a love. Happy Valentine's Day. Amen. God bless you. I love you. Let's go to the book of Romans. It is our custom, if you'll join us, to stand for the first reading of the word. And if you can, if your health allow you, we'd appreciate that. If not, we understand. Romans 8 and 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The word adoption right there means to become sons or to become children of. And I want to preach for just a little bit this morning. Loved, adopted, and adapted. You ready? Loved, adopted, and adapted. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you one more time. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. You're an awesome God. I thank you for the love that I feel in this place. Not just from my brothers and sisters. Straight from you, Lord, I thank you for what I feel, a healing love, a love that brings hope and help and understanding and restoration, a love that completes us. I thank you for that today, Lord. We don't ever, ever want to underestimate your love for us. 
ask you to move us today with your message just as you have in song. Thank you for the praise and worship and the singers, musicians. Now just touch us. We believe that, we expect it, and we receive a special anointing. Let us hear and understand and respond. In Jesus' name we pray. Say amen if you believe that. Amen. God bless you. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap. That's in order. Loved, adopted, and adapted. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word. Thank you, singers. Y'all are the best, and I love you. Amen. We're going to mention some names here today, and uh, you will hear that name, and you will say, I don't subscribe to that person, and that's okay. Uh, I don't subscribe to their ways, their beliefs, and I would be right there with you. Uh, with some of these, I, I would absolutely uh, agree with some, disagree with others, and be indifferent about others uh, as far as their life or their lifestyle. But I want to share with you just a few people that in our nation's history, in our world's history, understands the idea of someone choosing them. I lived in a home, what year was the adoption final? 79, 8, somewhere along in there. I lived in a home where there was two biological sisters that were adopted into our home. And uh, I, I know what that feeling is. And there's a whole bunch. And, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to identify yourself here in a little bit if you want to. I won't call anybody out, but if you want to. but And so I understand a little bit about the process, how it works. And I remember uh, the way my mother, I was seven or eight, somewhere along in there, maybe nine when that was a finalized uh, deal in our home. And uh, some of you may remember that. And I remember asking the question, you know, I had two older brothers, and they, they in my eyes, as a little boy, they got everything. I couldn't wait to get their age so I could get a new motorcycle, you know, and all this. And all of a sudden, these two girls came along, and we've had to pray. We've had to pray my dad through to forgiveness for years because he promised me for my 16th birthday he'd buy me a Honda Odyssey. Back then, it wasn't a minivan; it was a glorified go kart. And uh, but uh, he didn't get to do that. And uh, I have my suspicions as to why. Uh, but in any event, I understand it. And I would mention those things in, in fun to my, to my parents, you know. I, and, and for real, as a child, you see things and you say, hey, you don't do that for me. What's the deal? And there would always be a joke. My mom was good about it. She said, well, son, with you, we just had to take what we got. You know, I mean, we didn't have any options. But when we went to Buckner Baptist home over in Dallas, we had our pick. I said, well, thanks. So it wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered. You're just stuck with us, and worse still, we're stuck with you. <laughs> Sister Cindy, I'm so glad to see you. You've been out taking care of your family. I love you. Happy Valentine's Day to you. Amen. And so... Sister Patricia, hey, my Lord, i got to just go on in here and preach. And so, uh, if I missed you, I'm sorry. Uh, but 
mom would say or dad would say, you know, we just, you take what you have, but adoption is different. And so it's a unique idea. It's a more than an idea. It's a unique concept, more than a concept. It's, it's a unique life, more than a life. That adoption is something that's chosen no matter what the condition is of the one being adopted. No matter what comes along with that, it's, it's a choice that's made. And so I believe with everything in me, it's why the Lord uses this uh, and talks about this spirit of adoption because he wants us to know if he so chooses, he could reject us. But he chooses with everything he knows about us to love us. Now, listen to some of these names. If I was to just take off saying, on the road again, <laughs> that wasn't a bad version, but that'd be Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson was adopted. Willie Nelson was adopted. He was born in Abbott, Texas, to Merle Marie and Ira Dole Nelson. His parents moved in 1929 to look for work. Nelson's grandfather, William, worked as a blacksmith. While his father worked as a mechanic, his mother left soon after he was born. His father remarried and moved away and left Willie and his sister Bobby. And they would be adopted by family members and raised. And he would become one of the greatest country music stars in history of country music. Still to this day, I think Willie's probably still on the road. Flying high. Uh, did I say something? Steve Jobs, pretty incredible. Well, a lot of us hadn't heard of him. He's uh, one of the richest men in the world, was adopted by a California couple as a baby. They promised his biological mother that her son would attend college, and that was all she requested of them. How much more? And I would ask, if Willie Nelson and Steve Jobs hadn't have been adopted, would they have ever became? Nicole Richie, many of you know Lionel Richie, was always one of my favorites. She was adopted because Lionel had a close friend that lived on his street, and uh, they had a child that was very young and her name was Nicole, and times got hard for that family, and they could no longer raise her, and Lionel, being the friend that he was, adopted her, and she became who she is today through adoption. Eleanor Roosevelt, the longest-serving first lady of the United States of America, also became the top voice on the United Nations Security Council for Human Rights and actually started that in and for our nation and has been accredited with, with many, many human rights allowed or removed whatever way it needed to be but always done it right, never looking at the person but looking at human rights. Nelson Mandela grew up in South Africa. His father died when he was only nine 
Afterwards, he was unofficially adopted and raised by a local tribe. Saw his mother in the tribe on occasion. Started rising up for fairness in his country and spent 26 years on Robben Island. As soon as he was released from Robben Island, just two elections later, he would become the first true African to serve as president of that nation. That's how his story is written. Became a great man in history. Marilyn Monroe, you'd all know the name, born Norma Jean Baker to an unmarried woman. Lived in a foster home for the first seven years of her life. Her mother's illness kept Marilyn from living with her. And then, though they kept in touch, Monroe didn't recognize her mother until later in life. She moved in with her mother until she took a turn for the worst. And then she was adopted by her mother's best friend. In spite of the adoption, she continued to run away from home and then spent most of her older years in foster care until someone signed off for her to be married at 16 years old. Later would become a superstar on the big screen and history would tell a story of her being way too close to President Kennedy. You start thinking and you look at these lives and you start saying, what would they be if somebody hadn't have known their struggles, known their problems and still said, I will love you. Watch this. And I won't tell the story, but we'll know the name. Babe Ruth was abandoned as a child. Today, if you could get a baseball signed by Babe Ruth from 1927, 28, or 29, especially if it was a World Series baseball, you could retire. Abandoned. Bill Clinton was adopted by his grandparents because his family couldn't get it done. President of the United States. Edgar Allan Poe, a writer. This is one of the most unique ones to me because of the name. The name was Leslie Lynch King, Jr. Does anybody know who that is? Leslie Lynch King, Jr. You ever heard the name? Six days old when his parents separated. A couple of years later, King's mother remarried and changed Leslie Lynch King Jr.'s name to Gerald Rudolph Ford Jr. in honor of his stepfather that would raise him. Ford said his stepfather played a wonderful role in his life. He went on to become the 38th president of the United States of America. Where would he be? And he's really not even a Ford by blood, but history knows him as being adopted, oh, here we go. Simone Biles, one of the most decorated American gymnasts in the history of the world, has 19 gold medals. Made news for some things that some would say negative here a while back and some would say it's her right to do. Ever how you stand, it doesn't matter. Someone rejected her and somebody else looked at her and said, I love you. Took her in, put her in classes. Here she is, Dave Thomas, founder and CEO of Wendy's Restaurant and Food Chain, was rejected but loved by somebody. 50 Cent. Now, just my opinion, that's about what his music's worth. 50 Cent. But still yet, would he have become the pop and rap artist that led the world almost in a revolution of music 
if somebody hadn't said, we'll take this boy with all his struggles, with the way he's been brought up so far, and we'll love him. 50 Cent became an icon. Run DMC. Eric Clapton. Slowhand. One of the greatest guitar players in history. Tim McGraw. We could go on and on of people that were adopted. And I know I already told you, so don't be frustrated with me. I'm just giving you some names of people, and there's so many more. You ought to just go. It would shock you who somebody took a chance on. But in many of these cases, it wasn't that the family was poor or somebody got sick or somebody was ill, somebody died. In many of these cases, it was that, it was that these people, uh, these children had severe challenges. Some of them couldn't behave. They couldn't be still. Mom and dad didn't know how to take care of them. They, they, they couldn't go to a regular school. They couldn't go to Sunday school. They couldn't be involved in much because they couldn't focus. They, and somebody said, you know what? It's going to be tough. And we recognize that. And there's going to be a lot of changes and a lot of love and an extra hug and a kiss here and there. But we'll take a chance on that boy or that girl. That's the spirit of adoption that the Lord is talking about. He's saying, I know you got problems, and I know this world couldn't take care of you, and I know your mama and your daddy walked out on you or something worse may have even happened. They might have been killed tragically or never wanted you from the beginning, something like that. Maybe you weren't even supposed to be here, and it was a botched procedure of many we could talk about, but because somebody said, we'll take you, you got their name, and you're on, somebody needs to hear me. You're, on, you're underneath their ownership. You're underneath their hope. You're underneath their roof because there was a spirit of adoption. Watch this right here. Romans 8 and 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to preach to somebody in this place that adoption may very well be the greatest act known to humanity because when you were down and dirty and lost and undone and couldn't be what you ought to be, somebody said, I love you and I'll take a chance on you and I'll raise you as my own and I'll give you my name and I'll give you a future and I'll give you hope. Super Bowl 50 was played by a man just happened to be Super Bowl Sunday today. And Super Bowl 50, there was a, there was a, a, a movie and, and a theater and all kind of stuff by a man put out in, and his name was Michael Orr. Anybody remember that? People said from the beginning of his adoption, you should go read his story. Even if you've seen the, the movie or, or read the book or whatever, you should go read about his story. You should go read. There were people that... That was very aggravated because he didn't go to a family of his race. People that were very frustrated about it. But this family said, you know what? 
Well, we're not worried about that. We don't care what. Well, what are people going to think? We don't care what they think. Well, there's not a whole lot of hope. There's not a, but he ends up playing for three NFL teams, and Michael Orr became one of the best NFL football players in his eight-year span in the league, and his story made prime time. Why? Because somebody looked into a place where there wasn't a whole lot of hope and there wasn't a whole lot of way out. Said, we'll bring this boy in. We'll send him to high school and send him to the University of Mississippi. And the NFL will draft him and he'll play in a Super Bowl. Why? Because we've got a spirit. He don't look like you. That don't matter. He don't act like you. That don't matter. He's got sickness. He's crippled in his feet, crippled in his mind. I'm telling you, nothing can separate you from the love of God found in Christ Jesus loved adopted and adapted somebody hear me right now on this Valentine's Sunday the day before the weekend here I just want you to know that God chooses to love us he don't have to he doesn't fall under some mandate he doesn't fall under some cps rule he doesn't fall under something else going on he looks at us while we're yet sinners and he said hey i know you've got an addiction i know you're not a believer i know you got a lying tongue i know you got a cheating spirit i know you don't have a spirit of commitment about you but i am going to take a chance on you and i'm going to allow your name to be applied to me to applied to you in water baptism I'll make sure that you've got the family spirit I'll make sure you've got the family name I'll see to it See, folks ought to realize when they come in, they give their lives to the Lord and then take on his name in water baptism. The Bible calls that the new birth experience when we're filled with his, his spirit. Why is it the new birth experience? Because it's a new birth. It's a new family. It's a new life. The Lord understands there are some people in this room, and again, I will not call anybody, and I don't want you to say anything. I'm not going to ask you to. Matter of fact, I don't, don't even want you to. There may be a time for that at some point in the future, but there are people in this room that have been adopted or adopted someone or are in the process of adopting. I'd love for you to stand. Look around. Look around. Hey, Aaron, can you come help pastor preach a minute? Hey, the survey says Aaron don't fit on that pew. All I need you to do is just come help me, buddy. You've been wanting to be up here a long time. Hey, the survey says they're not going to be able to handle this. The survey says, how in the world can this work out? I'm going to tell you how. Because love. 
Love goes beyond any health issues. It goes beyond any problems. Love is deeper than the color of your skin. Love don't care who your mama was or who your daddy was or who left you, who forsook you. Love don't care. Love said, come on, Aaron. We'll love you, son. We'll call you a Henry, and we'll raise you as our own. Thank you, buddy. Go with mom and dad. Hey, somebody hear me right now. What will that child become? I don't know, but he's got a story a lot similar to a boy named Michael R., that ended up going to college and earning a... Somebody hear me. Love is a wonderful thing and the author and the finisher of it is God. What will people think? Who cares? It's an act of love. He ought to belong to somebody younger. He ought to belong to somebody darker. He ought to belong to somebody that might understand him a little more. No. He ought to belong to somebody that will love him. I want to tell you something, folks. Jesus Christ, hear me close. He didn't come for the Gentile. I don't know of any true blue Jews in this room. So I want to tell you something. Except for the act of adoption, none of us get to be part of this family. Who would your children be? What, what, what would the future look like? What would your education look like? I know people that have adopted special needs children. And they go and they're, they're introduced to that child and they meet that child. And sometimes that child can't understand or even speak back to them. And something happens inside. And then I've heard the people sitting on the sidelines saying, Oh, they're probably doing that because they'll get a Social Security check. You need to just go home and hush. You probably don't even know what's going on. If you had ever felt the spirit of adoption, if you had ever experienced being grafted into a family, got a, a friend. Dad was his pastor a number of years, and I got to help pastor him a while, and he's still a close friend of ours named Frank Bass. He had some fruit trees, and he called over, called me to his house one time, said, Brother Rusty, I want you to come over. And I think Missy and I went over there together that day. But he had a tree that was about probably just a little couple inches in diameter. And it was about this tall. And, and he knew all about gardening and had a great garden every year and such. But he, he knew what was going on. I couldn't have done what he'd done. But he, he studied and he realized what kind of trees produce its sap and pull from the ground at the right times of year and so on and so forth. And he said, I got to show you something. I'm so proud, Brother Rusty. And I walked over there. I could, I could walk to the tree right now or where it was if it's no longer there. And he said, I want you to look right here. And he right there, he had pulled it over because it was a cool night, but he could pull the bag off of this tree. He told me what kind of tree it was. And then on one side, there was limes. Pretty green lime growing. And on the other branch was pretty yellow lemons. And the tree wasn't lemon or lime. He knew what kind of tree would pull the right nutrients out of the ground at what type of year, when to cut it. He'd take a knife and he made a special kind of cut and he took a limb off of somebody else's little lime tree and he put it down in there and he put some salve on it, put a little anointing oil on it. 
on both sides. And, and then he took a string and, and he attached it over so that nothing could move it in any direction. And he let it sit there until it bought into that tree and it become a true graft. And each and every year after that, one side of produced lime and one side of produced lemon all from the same tree. How? Because somebody with a loving hand and knowledge said, hey, I can make you fit here. I can make you work here. I can make you produce fruit here. I want somebody to hear me. We got people of all shapes and sizes and colors and kinds and types and religious history that call this church their home and they fit. How do you make it work? It seems like it's such a diverse thing and, that's, and it's all in perfect order because when God grafts you, he knows what protein you need. He knows when you need water. He knows when you need a bud. He knows when you're going to produce. He knows. How did he take that kind of tree and produce lemon and lime? Because he knew what season to put you in. You see, the tree don't always look the same. But there's still fruit. Ooh. I'm not exalting or excusing any individual's action. This, this, is not, this, this portion right here is not, a, this is not a holiness thing or a standard of living thing. This is, just, this is just a fact. If you get planted right... You get grafted right. You may not produce the exact same fruit as the people across the room from you. Everybody won't be preachers and teachers and missionaries. and Some will keep the beat. Some will keep the worship going. Some will just sing. Some will just shake hands at the door and ask everybody how they're doing. Some will just smile real big. Sister Dorothy Fletcher, I've never heard you sing. I've never seen you play an instrument. I don't know of any of those things, but i tell you what I know. I've heard it from more than one or two people. When Sister Fletcher meets me in that foyer and hugs my neck, I know I'm loved. She's not producing the same fruit as Brother John and Brother Kelsey and Brother, Brother Jim and, and other Brother Jim and Brother Tony. And, and he's not producing the same things as Brother Jaden and Sister Beckham. But, but what she's producing is a fruit that's sweet all the time. Hear me, hear me, hear me. Romans 8 and 23. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to with the redemption of our body. What's he saying right there? He's saying, and then there's people. After, after others have been adopted, that we see what's going on and our spirit from inside says, oh, that someone would love me. And he says there's a groaning. Paul writes there's a groaning from within our soul that said, can I be part of that family? He says, if you'll repent, if you'll just be willing to take on my name and water baptism, you will be part of my family. Because the rest is a promise, remember? You don't just go take the Spirit. I hear people say sometimes, I'm going to go to church today and I'm going to get the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit or I'm going to get filled. You just remember it's a gift. You go do your part and when he decides, he'll give it to you. Till then, you just keep groaning. I just want to be there. I just want to be part. I just want to be included. 
There are people that live life frustrated because they don't have what somebody else has. And all the Lord wants us to do is to equally groan for love. From within, somebody to just love me. Help me to feel what I need to feel. Plant me here. Graft me. Well, but a grafting injures the mother tree just a little bit. It changes its look and its appearance and its health for a little while. It does. That's why the, the mother tree has got to be well-rooted. You don't graft in a five-gallon bucket. You, you do grafting after it's been well-rooted and survived a few storms. Come on. So I'm going to tell you. You can send anybody you want to send to Life Point Church. It don't matter how long their rap sheet is, who they are, where they come from, what they've been, what, they, what that they've been associated with. We're rooted well enough to see to it that you're grafted properly and in time will produce fruit. Come on, somebody hear me. What does it start with? It starts with love and a spirit of adoption. And he says, I want you. But Lord, I'm, I'm in a bad shape. But I'm looking for somebody just like you. But I'm an addict. But you know, I've got the, but I love you. And I want you to be my sons and my daughters. I desire to love you through adoption. First we're loved, then we're adopted, and then after that we're adapted. He ties us in close to some branches that can help protect us and keep the sun off of us. And, and he puts a little oil and ointment and, and brings us in nice and tight right there. And he says, when the time is right, when the time is right, I'll, I'll be able to undo that string and let you kind of blossom out on your own from the tree. Lord, that side's green, and that side's yellow. And this doesn't appear to be producing any of it. But there's something coming from the core of that church. That'll feed them of all shapes, sizes, colors, religions. Come on, I don't care what religious banner you fly. When you repent of your sins and you get in the water and you're baptized, taking on the only name given under heaven whereby men must be saved, there's a promise after that. I don't care what the church sign says or how you were raised or where you came from. There's a promise coming to you. Oh, somebody ought to stand up to their feet right now and praise him. Somebody ought to praise him right now. Every single one of us are redeemed through a spirit of adoption. We just read it. Even we ourselves grown within ourselves waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. What is that? It's to be purchased, to be repurchased, to be bought back again. We're all redeemed through the spirit of adoption and the act of grafting. Listen to what Romans eleven seventeen through 24, a little lengthy, but I'm closing here. I need 10 minutes at the very most. So. Romans eleven seventeen through 24, and if some of the branches be broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree, 
were grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root, hear that? The root and fatness of the olive tree. Boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. You hear that? Thou will say then, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief they were broken off. And thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, hear this, take heed lest he also spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God in them which fell. Who? Them which fell. Severity, but towards thee, goodness, if thou continue in his goodness. Otherwise thou also shalt be cut off. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. What's he saying? He's saying if you fall off from your original grafting, don't let condemnation run you to the fire. You get back up by the root again and say, God, you might have to cut me. You might have to mold me and make me, but refit me. Modify me to fit the root. He's saying you got an option. You can be a branch above the root or you can be a branch below the root. But either way, it's going to take some grafting and you're going to have to be cut down and retrofitted. What does that mean? That means some things in life may have to be shaved off. Some things may have to be cut loose. I could go into something right there, but I'm going to just leave it alone for this morning. But there may have to be some things that, that you give up to fit. Because here's what's going to happen. God will provide the cut. He'll provide the opening. But if we determine in our mind, we will never fit that. We reject the spirit of adoption and grafting. He just said it. Watch this. For if thou wert cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to the nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? Here's what he's saying. He's saying, if the ones that already had an opportunity naturally, then how much more would I go back for my people that have fallen off? If I'll do it for anybody... How much more will I do it for somebody that failed me? I want to speak to every backslider, every lukewarm saint of God, those that have just drifted off course a little bit. God desires again today to reconnect you to the tree and to graft you in again and make a fresh cut. You see, the beautiful thing about adoption, I'm done, sister, Ever how long it's been, I'm done. The beautiful thing about this adoption is this. He looks at you and sizes you up and says, yeah, that, that, that one's going to bring some trouble there. That's going to be a tough fix. Yeah, I'm going to have to get that one through their teen years. My, my, early 20s, wow. Still didn't learn anything at 40. 
It's going to be tough to, to do anything with that one real big. But as our soul says, craft me, Lord. Adopt me. Receive me. Attach me. Make me fit. The Bible teaches us that quickly the Spirit of the Lord will come and replant us into this tree. Come on, singers. I don't know what y'all got ready to close out the service, but I want you to come. And then the Bible gives us a mother. The Bible said that the church, the mother of us all, and it says when the church travails, when Zion travails, sons and daughters are born. The Lord makes it clear whether they're born on a church pew or a bar stool, they're still going to have to be allowed to be loved, adopted, and adapted. You can be raised on a church pew and turn out to be a heathen, and you can be raised in a heathen's home. And turn out to be one of the greatest spiritual leaders. There's so many stories. So really it doesn't matter where you've been. Or what you've been doing. How much of your information's public. The most beautiful thing is just waiting to happen. And that's for you to be willing. Because in the adoption process. When they're old enough. After the interview and the initial visit and lunch is done and maybe the first overnight stay or the first weekend or ever how that goes with whatever agency or, or our state or whatever you went through. There's also a questionnaire to the adoptee. How did you feel? Did you feel loved? Do you feel like that's a secure home? And down the line, would you like for that to be your mother and your dad? And at the end of that questionnaire, there's a decision made by a board of directors or, or a state or whoever it is. Maybe one individual. The one says, I want you. You're the one I pick. I pick you. Interesting side story to our home. Rosie and Shirley, who'd you have lunch with? First. They went to adopt a daughter because they had three hard-headed boys. And they wanted a girl. Got there to find out after a little while that she had a biological sister and they didn't want to separate them. Went for one. And brought home two. But they got to pick them. They were stuck with me. They were selected. 
Hear this in closing. You have been selected. You're not here by an accident. You're not here just because somebody told you about this church or you drove by and felt an unction or you heard something good or you just stumbled in here today. The hand of the Lord has been upon you to this moment. Could we stand all across the building? On this day of what the world celebrates as Valentine Love Weekend, 14th of February, Valentine's Day every year, tomorrow it's coming. The Bible teaches us that God is love. So for you to get God, you're going to have to have love. You have no option but to receive love with him because that is his essence. I'm just curious. I'm just wondering. I want to give you an opportunity today. Maybe you're not a sinner. Maybe you're just hurting. Maybe you just need an answer. Maybe you've been praying about something for so long. And you just need hands of love. Not from a pastor, not from elders in the church. Although sometimes that's great and it has its place. But if you just want to be loved, embraced by the Spirit of God, I would invite you to come to this altar right now. I want to feel you again. I want to feel love again. I, I want to feel held again. I just, I just, I need to feel that today. Come on, ladies. Come on, men. Come on, young people. This doesn't mean you're weak. Only foolish people don't desire love. Love. 